welcome to Metal Hammer Podcast episode 35. How is everyone doing? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Nick. Can't complain. Come on. Can't complain. Way party. It's Wednesday. Come on. Hump day. Hump day, That's as people insist on calling Hump it. Day. Yes. Well, I'm excited because our new issue is still on sale. <laughs> it's still on sale. Still on sale. Yay. Within Temptation on the cover, the amazing story of what they've been through over the last couple of years, what the new album's going to be all about, as well as loads of other names like Behemoth, Lamb of God, Nightwish, Clutch, Beartooth, Zillanada, Death, Black Peaks, Meshuggah, Saxon, Venom Prison, and Al Nathrak. Loads of things in there. Go pick it up. Free CD on the front as well, all about global metal. So some Ooh. bands that you might not know about, which are pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Also on sale are our Within Temptation bundles. You can go grab those online. They come with a poster and a signed lyric sheet, and you can pick them up for 20 quid. So go check those yeah, out Yeah, I don't now. think there's many left. So, oh, okay. Yeah, do, Literally do, go get quick. them now. Move yeah. as quickly as you can. People want Sharon's signature. They so. do, don't they? Within Temptation Bundles, post a signed lyric sheet, go get them. Pause the podcast, do that, come back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, pause now, buy that, then come back and listen to this. Good, I like the way you think. And we're back! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, busy week in Hammerworld. Yes, you went somewhere before I did. I went to Hailstorm on Friday, saw them at Brixton Academy headlining with um, Avatar Sporting. Any good? Yeah, it oh, was good. No. <laughs> I mean, we're going to come on to it in a minute. Um, I was, I really like Avatar, so I was quite excited to see them. Um, if you've not heard about Avatar, they basically dress like a bunch of circus freaks and have loads of clown makeup on, and uh, Johannes, the singer, kind of goes off with a cane and does kind of quite circusy dance Yeah, it's like a ringleader type and, man. Yeah, and they kind of came up with this image, and they have quite a lot of like songs about freak shows and weird stuff. And the last album was all about the concept of a king. And so, um, you know, they've been doing a lot of stuff related to Avatar Country, which is their own country. Yes. And then one of their band members, the guitarist, is the king of their country. So (laughs) (laughs) it's quite involved. I was actually promised an Avatar passport, but I never got one. And so uh, I need to look into if my citizenship's been revoked or, you know, they never processed my application. Go do it before Brexit. I know, right? Because I want to be a citizen of the UK and Avatar Country. Wasn't the last album about a bird or something? No, you're thinking of one before. Feathers and Flesh. <sighs> Come on. Feathers and Flesh. That was about an owl. That you was a novice. An, that was an epic poem about an owl that you can buy in a storybook. Anyway, sure. I digress. <laughs> yeah. So I was very excited to see them because they're just, they're just good performers. You know, whatever they do, they just come on and look like they should be in a freak show. Where they was work. that Islington Assembly Hall? Was that the gig? No, Brixton no, Academy. No, Brixton Academy. It's Putting Hailstorm. massive, before. massive deal for them. But... Shortly after they started, which is what we'll come on to, okay. I got very sad because I found out that Machine Head were announcing a farewell tour. So that actually <laughs> Midway through the gig, like, marred Aww. my experience a bit. And uh, Merlin's not here still, obviously, but he was going, oh, look, you know, Avatar on stage. You like Avatar. That'll cheer you up. And I was like, oh, I'm really sad. Oh, not even at the king of Avatar country <laughs> can cheer you up. But it has to be said, they were really good. Excellent. It was quite a long set. I think it's like 45 minutes to an hour. Mm. And um, they were a bassist down, it should be said. They were playing with their ghost bassist, which is actually a, a track of their bassist for unknown reasons. But I think maybe because of that and because they're at Brixton, which is so big for them as well, they really gave it their all. They just threw everything into it. Johannes just looked incredible. And I don't think they could have done a thing more, you know, with even with the ghost bassist. Mm. Um, they're really good and you know they are one of these bands where you wonder how big they can get because they're quite niche 
you know, not many people will take the time to go off and look at their weird concepts. And traditionally in the past as well, their music, they've varied quite a lot. Some of it's kind of more classic rock, some of it's more metal. So until they found the circus theme, they hadn't really stuck on like an image or a sound. So it feels like they're still kind of coming into themselves. And I think they should be given more opportunities and people should take a time out to listen to them because I think they are going somewhere. But it's nice that bands are actually on a creative arc. Yeah. Not all bands are. The one thing I'd say that was disappointing actually is that they didn't have a throne, which they had. They had a lot of download. They had a lot of download. Yeah. It's probably a bit too expensive to bring the throne to Brixton. Not or for the know. king. <laughs> Come <laughs> well, on, know. no expense. The spare. king was probably like really annoyed about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have, you know. It's given a bar stall or something. Yeah, so like over here. Deposed. Be the king in the corner. Yeah. But how about Hailstorm? They were great, actually. Um, I've seen them a couple of times. They obviously play the Golden Gods as well. Mm. And they're always impressive, but they really like played that show like it was their last show. I mean, on the record as well, I think Hailstorm can be quite polished. Um, and sometimes they're like maybe a little bit more on the rocky side, the classic rock side, and less on the metal side. But they just came out and absolutely just blew the venue away. Lizzie is obviously the focal point and her voice was incredible. She was doing all these kind of vocal theatrics, you know, with her image at the moment, she's kind of invoking Joan Jett and those mm. kind of elder stateswoman of rock. And she just, um, you know, she was throwing herself on the ground on her knees and like screaming and everyone in the venue was screaming and it was, yeah. It was a really good fucking rock show, basically. She's a rock star. She's yeah. a rock star. and. If anyone has any doubts, if they'd have been at that show, they would have been erased. And there's really not a lot more to say than that. Good. Was it sold out? Was it busy? It was busy, yeah. It was really packed. Excellent. Um, good yeah, it was a good sign. And they got a big crowd of downloads. The audience as well was really varied. There were people there who didn't quite look old enough to be there. And there were people, people standing next to me who looked like um, they're retirees. So it was a really varied mixture. Maybe it was the kids of the retirees. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> just standing in the back of their arms folded like that. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was just... You would like this rock stuff. It was just one of those very diverse audiences because they've got that appeal. They've got that kind of more polished on a record. They've got the rock and roll appeal. I think Lizzie Hale is a real icon as well, um, and especially for young women coming up in the scene. Um, she sort of positioned herself that way on social media as well, doing Ask Lizzie questions. And it was just really nice to see because... On the one hand, you've got like, oh shit, what's happening with Machine Head? And then on the other hand, you've got, well, this is a headline band who are coming, packing out Brixton and everybody here on a Friday night is well up for it. So um, it's quite nice to see, really. And if I had to have some sad news, I was glad to be there. But we oh. will come on to that sad news later, because it might not be so sad. Hooray. Hooray. We went to a gig the day after, didn't we? We did. Slightly different to Hailstorm. Very different to Hailstorm. Very, very different to Hailstorm, I suppose. We went to see Scarlord. We did. And it was, it was great. It was my first time, was it yours? I forgot to ask. Uh, yes, I'd never seen him before. Yeah. I've been following him on the YouTubes for a while. But I remember seeing, I never heard of him until a few months ago. But he played The Underworld, I think. And suddenly everyone, all I could see was everyone on Instagram going, this is mental, you, mm. need, to, you need to check this out. So we did. Uh, uh, Brixton Electric was on Saturday. And yeah, it was mind-blowing. It was really good. Like, way better than I thought it was going to be. I wrote, I've, I've you know, shared some thoughts online already about what I think it means for metal. It's a really good piece. Go check that out. It oh, you! Really. You're not going to say it, are you? I am. It's well, I don't want to stoke your ego, though. So um, fuck it. But um, <laughs> but the actual show itself was amazing because we got there. Uh, there was midway through the second DJ, I think Jackie P, who I wasn't originally. Initially, I was like, oh, he's just playing songs. This isn't that great. But eventually, he sort of got what he was doing. 
And he was like, he, as a DJ, he's brilliant, I thought. He's, yeah, he was completely there, you know, which is, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because most of the music that we engage with is live bands mm. or solo artists. You don't really get DJs who are big, like Skrillex kind of swept through a few years back and did Brixton and was a DJ. Yeah, stood there with his laptop. DJs aren't really a thing in our world. DJ Lethal, come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> DJs out of bands. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah, you, yeah. you know, it's kind of almost an odd thing having everybody, like, at the front of a room looking at a DJ. Yeah. Um, he just automatically, like, this is a bit weird. But then Skylord came out, didn't he? And it, it all kicked off. It was amazing. Like, uh, before he came on, there was an obvious... Like buzz in the air, like there's some sort yeah, of anticipation. You could feel it's like everyone's just sort of like, oh, I'm having a lovely time, but I just want to kick people in the head. And as, yeah, as soon as you came on, like, the, like it's not a massive venue. I think it's about 600 people there, someone was saying, but they were all jumping as soon as soon as he came out and just didn't stop for an hour. Uh, as he was, his screams amazing as well. Yeah, I know. Like, I've, really I've read something online. Or I saw something a bit of him talking about how he just. Genuinely, like, he, he does his vocal warm-ups and warm-downs and drinks all these teas and stuff to make sure he's got, he protects his voice and everything. And he's doing a good job. Like, he was screaming for well over an hour. Mm. And yeah, which, which to be fair, was a bit too long. Um, but yeah, he was just all over it. And you, you fell in love with him. He did a spin kick. I was just thinking about the spin kick all the way through when you're talking about that. It, it was the amazing. Spin kick was, I just had this moment where I saw this spin kick and it was one of those things where I just did it in like a split second. I just turned to look at Luke and was just like, Luke, what has happened? <laughs> I fancy this man. Did not say that, Luke. No, not in those exact words. I did not say that anything of those <laughs> my nature. I simply said, if your husband look is at him, he did a spin kick. Yes. Um, because it's just the amount of energy he had on stage. Because we often see bands who do amazing shows. You know, Lizzie, we were just talking about, was a great example of somebody who did a fantastic show on Friday. But the thing about Scarlet is this one guy, and mm. he was able to hold a room the whole time because... He was just constantly on the move. There was yeah. no, no time when he stood still. You know, it wasn't just spin kicking. It was just like all these kind of dance moves, like moving across the stage, like really engaging with people as well, kind of getting down to their level, like coming back up again, interacting with his DJ a bit as well. He was Jackie P. Kind of st- we should say as well. He stayed on for the whole set. He was kind of yeah, doing yeah. the music part. He was sort of like that. Was singing. It's like almost like a hype man without a microphone. Yeah, it's it's definitely the hype man. Just runs around with his top. So off. they were interacting with each other as well. Um, and then yeah, Scarlett took his shirt off as well, and it's a bit Poor. like. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with Luke today. Sorry, everybody. Um, but he was. He, I've lost train of thought now. He took he his top like, off. You're thinking about him with his top off, oh, aren't you? <laughs> why am I subject to this? Literally, why? He had like a big tattoo across his chest and mm. looked really metal. It's basically what I was going to say. And he didn't he have just, his mask on he was though. Just really into it. No, that was disappointing. That was his point. But yeah, everyone was going crazy. Like, there was yeah. like mosh pits for every song. And he he in, like, consistently parted the crowd. And it was just like, yeah. I want to see you you destroy each other. Or yeah. not say quite as growly as that. But then... Pretty growly. Pretty growly. And yeah, everyone was, uh, despite everyone you know, filming everything, it, everyone was still yeah throwing themselves around, like throwing the horns in the air. There was a circle pit, although they were more sort of skipping in a circle. Yeah, that was a bit weird, wasn't it, as well? Because also a lot of people had uh, metal merch on as well, which you can read about in Luke's piece. So people had Architects caps on and Slipknot t-shirts. And Skylord's a big fan of Slipknot, and they did that thing where you get down the floor and then you jump the fuck up. Right. So everybody got down on the floor, but then it was really weird. Instead of jumping the fuck up, everyone just kind of like... Just gradually rose to their feet. <laughs> and I was like, 
I was filming on my phone. I was like, this will be a really good clip for my Insta story. And no, it just... Speed up. Yeah, 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 just speed up. Like, wow, look how fast they move. But it was just that, it's that hunger, isn't it, really? Like, it sounds a bit pretentious to say it, but it's that kind of, like, they really want it. Like, it's, yeah, they're new artists, it's a new audience, and they just really, really want it. And it was just really exciting to see it happen, because you're just kind of like... This is kind of one of those we were there moments. In a way. Yeah, I think I think you know Scarlett obviously wants to be big. That's you know because yeah. he's an artist. But I think there was a lot of desire there for the crowd to want to see him succeed. It was like we're yeah. you know, we're, we're here him, for you they? sort of thing. No, yeah. you know, and they're all kind of doing what he said with the circle pits and the jumping up, even if people didn't quite get it. Yeah, there was no sort of cynicism <laughs> there. Like, a lot of the time right, when people yeah. say like, oh, you know, I want to see split split apart. I want to see you all sit down. There's lots of often you know you're no, near the back where it's like, no, I can't be asked for this. You yeah. do you do that. I think as well. But everyone was into you it. You mentioned in your writer there were a couple of times when Jackie P like just put in a bit of ACDC and put in a bit of Oasis and you're like what is going on here but everyone was like yeah I'm really into this it's like everyone was just really into everything it didn't really yeah, matter exactly, exactly. It was just music. everything was good everyone was like I just want to be here and you know this is a very like distance way of looking at it at the end of the day it's just really fun yeah it is if Scarlett yeah, comes near you I think this is the end of the UK tour but I think he's going to the States next go see him it'll be mad yeah should we look at the, some news? Go on then, Luke. Seeing as we talked about the sad news. And I've left my notes in another room, listener, so you'll have to bear with me. Um, but Machine Head are slash are not splitting up. Yeah, so initially, like we were saying, you know, I was at this gig on Friday, I'm not sure where you guys were, and this news came out about the farewell tour, and Robert recorded a video clip, or I think he'd streamed it on Facebook Live. Yeah. But I wasn't able to watch it, and I was just thinking, what is going on? Like, are they splitting up? Is it literally a farewell tour? What is happening? And couldn't really find out without watching the video and it's kind of transpired over the last few days anyway that they're not necessarily splitting up but this is a farewell sort of the current lineup so phil and dave are leaving and it looks like jared's staying i think yeah because he's kind of said too. yeah and um you know rob's not indicated that he's leaving i think he's actually said like ignore the media reports machine are not splitting up this mm. is just but he's kind of responsible for all those media reports <laughs> well, I think if you put a farewell tour under your caption of yeah. your live video, people are going to jump to the But that is just the inevitability of the way information spreads as well. So, good news is they're not splitting up. Bad news is two of them are leaving. Yes, yeah, I think. So, I how do we feel about this? I think it's, it's interesting. I think the way he's phrased it, I, can't, I haven't got the exact quote in front of me because I'm ill prepared, printed off, and left it at my desk. But it was, it was, yeah, it was something to do with. This incarnation is of Machine Head is dead. They're doing this this string of dates in the states, yeah, and that's quite it. Quite a lot of dates. Yeah, like quite a lot. Dates. Yeah, I think it was mentioned about the new album tour, but now they're just doing it as like best of Machine Head, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it sucks. I think it's it's. I guess a lot of people are saying they're not surprised, which I think, mm. I think it's a bit harsh. Uh, I, I know the reaction to the latest album wasn't great for a lot of people and the one before plus Turner Diamond sort of got swept under the rug a bit because it came out in December and everyone had sort of you know the media you know had sort of wound down by then and yeah I guess that they have not really been able to live up to the blackening to be honest mm. afterwards and I think there's I think everyone wants to see Machine Head succeed but they're just not really reached that next level from the past like seven years maybe um, but yeah, I, I, it's good to see they're not finishing because I like Machine Head and I think whenever I see them live, it's always brilliant. But I'd, I'd be interested to see why it's 
just going to become you know, this, why it's just going to end up being Rob is the only constant there uh, well he kind of hinted at that in his video and in interviews and so on as well didn't he because even if I mean I've been very vocal about the fact that I like the last few records and yeah he reviewed it there. yeah um, but I think you know people have kind of said that he could be difficult to work with and he said in the Facebook live clip that he knows he's not the easiest person to work with I think he called himself a barnacle which I quite <laughs> like I like the scene so that was quite good he said he's got some rough edges and you know, it's not always easy. So I think it's always been his band. And he even, you know, he used to call himself the general on his blog. Mm. I'm not sure if he still does. So I kind of guess he's always steering it. And there might be disagreements about the way things go. He might be, you know, quite, you know, stubborn about things. And that's what he alluded to in the video, really. So I guess that's kind of the reason why. I mean, Phil Demo was a fairly integral part of the band. You know, he was, he was a part of the identity. I mean... Machine Head's more than just Rob Flynn. Yeah. You know, and um, so I want to know is it's like if it's internal tensions, I want to know what, like what's going to be like on tour for the last the last. Yeah. That's very awkward. Yeah. yeah, and how and how's that going to trans and how those tra- tensions going to translate on stage? Mm. It'd be uh, it's, it's interesting. Really. I'd quite like I'd quite like to see them on this tour just to see. I must be a lot of fire on, as in you know, emotional fire on stage from all of the people from everyone involved. It'd be quite you know. A cathartic release for all of them, as you Phil Dammel and, and Dave knowing this be the last time they ever play these songs. Yeah, I nice. mean, I can't remember how long Phil's been in it, but it's a, a long time. Yeah, 15 years or something, <laughs> yeah. it feels ages. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. Way. Yeah, it, it does suck, but it's not the end of Machine Head, so whatever that whatever that may mean. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt that, you know, that last album, it was basically Rob Flynn running wild and desperate need of an editor. Mm. Um, and just the album went on for far too long there were songs that just didn't need to be there it was just I just thought the album was a complete mess to be honest yeah. Yeah. And um, but when you have season, you know and even having a seasoned musician like Phil Demmel with you uh, wasn't enough to kind of keep his worst instincts musical instincts in check so who's he going to bring in is he going to bring in just a kind of bunch of yes men or is he going to bring in uh, some old hands um, and if it's just Rob Flynn calling all the shots all the time, um, I just think after that last album, someone needs to have a word, basically. I guess we'll <laughs> see, won't we? We've got yeah. to read a question on that note later, so let's maybe park yeah. it there and come on to the next story. Well, there's a new Ramstein album coming, which I think we all knew. Ellen has done a fist pump. Um, and, but according to an interview with the, I can't remember who it was, I've lost it. What's wrong with you today? I know, it's my, <laughs> my notes are in the room. Either way, he's been interviewed with a member of Ramstein saying it's coming out in spring. Thoughts? And they're recording it live like, in a circle, all in the studio together, apparently. I'm not sure it's recorded with I'm going to go get my notes, listener. You talk amongst yourselves. I'll be back. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited about the Ramstein album. And it's been such a long time in the making. I think the thing I like about them is that they always surprise you. You never know what's going to happen, you know, whether they're going to just come out with some really insane song about a cannibal or... Yeah, you know, well, it's just... You, you know, never know where it's going to go. Every, every Ramstein album is kind of an explosion of ideas and you're going to get all the videos with it, you're going to get some crazy box set, you know, every, everything's just so much part of a concept with them. Yeah, like, and they... Know, it's it's just like this thing, happen, like the album lands, but all this other weird stuff pours out from another dimension to this portal of the album. And obviously Till's a really strong personality, but the others have really strong personalities too. Yeah. It's almost like they're cartoon characters sometimes, like Flacco on the you know, treadmill and 
Richard is quite a strong presence in that band too, so... Well, it was guitarist Paul Landers that okay. said. Edit <laughs> um, all that last bit out. So, uh, right now, it looks like this new record will be coming out next spring, and what we've been mainly doing is playing together in a circle with all the guys in one room. Which isn't how I imagine Rumsdale would No, that sounds, that sounds kind of a bit more earthy. Actually, guys, um, if you'd read the last Metal Hammer feature on Rammstein, you well. might have known that that's actually how they were writing the songs, was they were getting in a room together and um, having little sessions. That's good. Yeah, so that's what they're doing. Good. Good. I was coming in the spring. Yeah. And I'm very stoked. Does that mean they could be here for summer? Wouldn't that Ooh, be exciting? Very tight. Maybe a festival appearance or Ooh. a big massive show somewhere? I'd like an indoor. I've never seen Rammstein indoors. I'd quite like a big indoor show. Well, Luke hasn't really seen Ramstein because... Because Luke got too drunk at download and doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Which I was very sad about because I was very excited for Luke's first time and I went to watch with him and everything so he could experience the joy of Ramstein and yeah. all the fire and the flames and then he ran off into the crowd and I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Naked. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great time. But yeah, I, like Bart, like, I thought we were going to have some fun and you just left me in a field. <laughs> I had a good time. I drank a lot that day, I'm sorry. So there's another news story. Yeah, Me- so there's, not, yeah there's not a lot else going on in the world, but Megadeth have announced the latest Mega band. Cruise. The Mega Cruise. The latest band to announce another one of these How many metal is this cruises. Now? Well, Kiss have got one. Yes have got one. 70,000 tons. There's 70,000 tons. There's Barge to Hell, I think that's one. Paramore have got one. Weezer have had one. Frank Turner, I think, has had one. There's another one done by the same guys, who do, the Wacken guys who do 70,000 tons as well. Yeah, there's a lot. I think there's just... Oh, is that like Metal on the Sea or something? Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of very much geared towards Germans, that, yeah. that, that festival. It's... I, I've been on 70,000 tons and I think I think it's, it was great. It was, you know, a very cool thing. But it's weird having it based around bands. I think having it, it's like the focal point is just one thing. I quite yeah. like to say 70,000 tons is like, hey, we've made quite an eclectic bill. Of metal, of quite cool metal bands, like those Carnival Corpse, those Behemoth, yeah. But also, like, like gigs are going like, like until four in the morning. And they yeah, that's the thing, yeah, so the band's starting. kind of doing this weird sort of 24 hour. I guess we should mention as well, we did a piece in Hammer which was all about uh, Megadeth having a camp at Dave Mustaine's house. Yeah. So yeah. they've got previous for this kind of fan experience. Well, it's quite you cool. Know. So yeah. everybody basically, we sent a writer down to go. Experienced this camp and he basically kind of like hung out and chatted with the band went to some of the sessions they had sessions on guitar playing um kind of they had like campfire sessions where i think they like toasted marshmallows and like <laughs> talked about metal. things around the campfire and they had like q and a's and it was all within the grounds of dave's home so he very much kind of said it was welcoming fans into his sort of circle and getting up close and personal and he did talk in that piece about doing something along similar lines with this new farm property. I think there's some funny quote about cheese or something. A mega farm. Um, But clearly he's decided to go for the cruise option. Um, So they can make a self-contained event work. It's just quite random when it's on a cruise, I guess. You're you're choosing to combine... I suppose it's the same thing, really. You choose to combine a holiday with fandom of your favourite band. You You have to be really, really into Megadeth to go and spend two to three days or whatever it is. But it's not going to have the same kind of intimacy. So. Well, not as being at his house, no. No. But, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, their fans are so into Megadeth because I think, again, in the piece we did, two of the fans got married on that one of those days as well. So I'm guessing there's a lot of connections between people and, like, a social life between them. So it might be that people are going, hey, 
we're like a group of friends and fans who all chat together, let's mm. all go on the cruise. That was the first thing I saw on 70,000 Tons, actually, before the boat even set off. Saw two people getting married on the bridge over the swimming pool Amazing. by a priest dressed a bit like uh, Papa Emeritus. Uh, and it was just like, what the fuck is going on here? And then, yeah, it was, it was great, but I think the cruises just don't feel as special as they used to anymore. I think mm. a band with, like you say, a, a, with such a connection to their fans as Megadeth, they could have, you know, pushed the boat out a bit more. Oh. Nice. Um, and yeah, and done something really special. But I think this is still be cool. Like, if, you know, if you get to see, you probably get to see Megadeth, you know, at least twice at a play. I yeah, I think they'll do like theme sets maybe, like every night they'll do like a different kind of era or something. Yeah, that'll be do some things cool. to like mix it up. Yeah, exactly. Are there going to be like no other bands at all? No, there will be. Yeah, it'd be weird if it's just Megadeth. But, because um, I think, uh, on 7,000 tons you have like 30 bands or something. It's like four stages. But yeah, I imagine the main attraction is obviously going to be, yeah, Dave. But it'll be good. Yeah, I'm sure. I, if someone wants to take me, I'll go. But, yeah. I had an unpleasant experience on a cruise so I'm not sure I want to go <laughs> not sure I want to know is it food related it was norovirus related oh no there was yeah. a plague on the whole ship god it, it sounds like a horror film it was see that, that sounds amazing it was, it that sounds awful. like amazing like some plague zombie ship I think, I think be, it just put me I just want to see these actual like metal metal uh, festivals just go to war on the high seas like, <laughs> yeah. like, just get cannons <laughs> <laughs> like 70,000 yeah. tons shooting on cannons at um Mega cruise. <laughs> <laughs> just get them all out, like warships, right? Have yeah, them all yeah. the same weekend and just yeah, have a battle royale. Yeah, let them fight it out. Yeah. That would be pretty much. You could literally take a ship down by neurovirus as well. You just, everyone's incapacitated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah what we'll do, yeah. Yeah. we'll just put you in a cat box and just like fling you into the other ship like, like the other anthrax cows. I don't want to have it again. <laughs> anthrax cows. <laughs> what are you talking about? anthrax cows? Well, they used to besiege cities. They'd um they'd get a cow whip which had anthrax. Right. And they catapult it over the walls of the city and like get make everyone ill and dead. Yeah. Have you heard about this? I didn't know it was anthrax, but I've heard about you know, disease ridden animals being flung over city walls. <laughs> I'm really not happy with being an anthrax cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that privilege has been bestowed bestowed to you, Eleanor. Yeah, just work it. <laughs> yeah, own it. Right, I think we should move on. <laughs> get us some questions. Go on, Jonathan, you can do Okay, right, well, Ben Wilmot asks. Intro tracks and albums. Do you bother listening to them or do you skip it and start straight off from track two? Like like a fool. I'm too lazy to skip things. And I think if someone's put them there, they've put them there for a reason, so I'll just play it and listen to them. I can't think of an example of something that's really, like, annoying. No. I mean, one of my formative experiences, uh, one of my experiences that got me into extreme metal was to do with an intro, and it was um, Realm of Chaos by Bolt Thrower. Okay, I don't remember the intro track. It's, um, you know, because the whole thing was like done about, done about Warhammer and like a uh, sort of fantasy game. Mm. So the cover looked ridiculous, the logo looked ridiculous, the intro was ridiculous. It was this um, kind of like big sort of intro to some battle, just got a growly voice. And it was like this, <gasps> and it was just like, I knew it was ridiculous, but it was still like amazing. And then it just, also, it's also the intros are great, but also they have transition into the actual song. So it's like, oh, and then suddenly, boosh, and you're into the album. So um, intros can be really good. Um, the intro to um, uh, the Wild Hunt uh, was was amazing, mm. and um, it kind of yeah, it sets it sets a tone. It sets a, t- a tone for the album as well. Um, you know the good ones. Yeah. So I very rarely yeah. If I'm gonna 
stick an album on in full, just sit and listen to the album, then I'll listen to the whole thing. There are some that you know, I probably do skip to, but like, the only one that springs to mind is yeah, Chocolate Starfish, the intro to that, where it's just like, this is not a test oh, in the robot. Oh, it's reality. Yeah, it's I quite like, like that. I yeah, feel like that sets the tone. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it does, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not spit, I can't be asked to listen to this. But, uh, but nine times out of ten, I think I, I think I do. I think, like Jonathan says, they do add to the record. Like, I'm not, not going to stick one in the middle of my own playlist. So I'm not going to go, oh, let's add the intro track. I actually wanted to make a compilation album of just the best metal intro tracks. Please ever. do that. That'd be good. Let's do it after this. Yeah, make, yeah. It, on, like, make it on Spotify. Yeah, we'll, we'll share yeah. it. We'll, we'll share it. Because yeah. I've gone completely blank as well. I can't think of anything. I think it's because he called me an anthrax cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's what the episode's heart will do. She's still upset, basically. I decreed you as anthrax. Well, I'm going to do the next question. I mean, we have talked about this a lot, but we can, we can do it quickly. Um, Tim Ruffsedge asks, what would your dream future machine head lineup be? So I guess that means you need a new drummer and a new guitarist. Yeah, so again, just to clarify, Rob is obviously Rob. Uh, Jared is staying, he's plays bass. And Phil Demmel's leaving on guitar and Dave McLean's leaving on drums. So we're looking for a guitarist and a drummer to replace Phil and Dave. Drums, I've got two names written down. I've got Dave Lombardo, mm-hmm. because he's sessioning for a few people right now. He's doing suicidal. And I think he's with, is he not with Danzig or Misfits or something? I can't remember. Oh, it? no, there's a super group. Something he's with like a super group. Yeah. The Mike Patton one? Oh, he's in the Mike Patton one Dead as well. Cross. Yeah, he's in Dead Cross. Yeah, and he's, and he's with Suicidal. So that'd be cool. I think he, obviously, he can play, you know, that sort of metal fairly easily, I imagine. And also, uh, Gene Hoglan, is it his name? I yeah, that, 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 yeah, he's literally the best drummer. He's amazing. I think we saw him with Testament a few years ago, and yeah, he, you just couldn't take your eyes off him. The same with Fear Factory as well. Like any band you get, as soon as you get Gene behind the kit, they're instantly elevated. Yeah, they're so good. It, it like hits really hard. Yeah. yeah, and he's literally called the Atomic Clock. So. <laughs> literally called the Atomic. What are you going to do? Exactly. So I, and that, programmed the drum kit from hell. Or he was the at least the inspiration for it. What was it? I can't remember if he definitely programmed it. Now I'm scared I've got the facts wrong. Oh, someone will be shouting at their speakers. <laughs> I think he was the guy behind it on the drums on the drum kit from hell. Who have you got as drums, Jonathan? Uh, well, Gene Hodden was an idea. Um, I was, who else was I thinking? Um, that my brain's gone. Sorry. Yeah, I don't. Cow. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not really like the world. Like as you can probably guess, I'm, I'm not the world's biggest machine head fan. Um, but you could help them with you know with two yeah. new yeah yeah uh, new rhythm favorites. section yeah. yeah stick on stick Hellhammer behind the drums. Uh, <laughs> you know he he doesn't just drum for extreme metal bands, but he's um he's just ridiculously tight drummer and um, intricate and but just also every beat is um totally well defined it's not he it doesn't just blast it's um so yeah just someone that doesn't sound like machine head to make him sound less like machine head would be great <laughs> well Gosh. who have you got for guitars Alan? well again I was thinking along the same lines as you you want someone who's either a session musician or is playing in various projects but doesn't have like a massive main band mm-hmm. because I don't want to take somebody from one of the bands I really like but I also want them to be somebody who is really cool. So I was thinking of Wes Borland or Ben Wyman. Ben Wyman would be cool. Because, you know, Wes obviously has got projects going on. He's got Queen Kwong. Don't know what's going on with Biscuit. 
but he seems to be quite good at just you know doing stuff mm. like actually kind of getting involved with things and he's a good player and Ben Wyman I don't know what he's up to at the moment because he did Giraffe Tongue Orchestra didn't he and then obviously he did, Dylan yeah. have gone their separate ways I think he's got, he's got a farm everyone's so, got farms now it's a cool thing so but he's also just got like an amazing energy and it'd be really cool to see like how that translates into Machine Head because they're very different bands it would be weird to see it'd yeah very strange yeah. to see yeah I think Ben Wyman's usual guitar playing has a few more angles yeah. Then uh, Machine Head tend to do Machine Head a bit more on the linear side of things. Mm. Yeah, and just kind of straight down heavy metal lines. Yeah. See, so. I, I couldn't really think of a guitar. Like, that's how you, I didn't even think of the two you mentioned. They were just sort of like who you could, who are just part of projects who aren't really doing much right now. So I, I thought of Scott Ian just because he could do Machine Head songs fairly, fairly yeah. easily. Yeah. And um, Mark Morton from Lamb of God, I thought it would be bring a nice little crunch to everything. Stop taking away from Lamb of God. <laughs> I want to see them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> would you not want to see Machine Head with... with, uh, with uh, yeah, I would. God. And, you know, he did double duty, didn't he, Mark, on a tour? Did he play with... Was it him who played... Am I thinking of somebody else? No, um, what's his name? The drummer, uh, oh. Chris did... He did Chris double, Adler. Yeah, he, he did, did double Megadeth. duty with yeah, Megadeth that's and Lama God. So there's precedent there. If Precedent, exactly. is that the word? That might be the word, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Previous? Previous, why not? Previous. Lama God have had a member go do another big band before him. They're still a thing. Exactly, so. the bloody hard lads. Well, the next question is quite weird, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know where this came from. But, <laughs> but Ryan Smithies asks, who would be the better chef, Ozzy or Lemmy? I don't know if I'd eat something either of them. <laughs> well, you know, like we know, like Ozzy is good at making breakfast. There's that famous footage of him, like I've not seen that of him like being interviewed as part of Black Sabbath, and he's and he's making uh, sausage and eggs. Oh, oh. really? Yeah. Yeah, just talking about heavy metal. Well, what do I you know making sausage and eggs? <laughs> it's a staple heavy metal. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a famous part of the documentary. And um, I also think there's a lot of stuff you can do with um, Jack Daniels and food. Yes, I mean, that's yeah, a really yeah. Point. yeah, yeah. A lot of barbecue. I mean, they, yeah, they make make a lot of their own products, but um, yeah, just love Jack Daniels and anything. And many a pub company make their yeah. money from that. Yeah, so <laughs> I'd, I'd go I'd go to Aussie for a good fry up. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, yeah, and then I'd um, basically. Let me with some sauces. Let me with some sauces, and yeah, to just cooking with it, cooking with um Jack Daniels. A whiskey barbecue sauce. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine Lemmy even eating. Like, he literally just survived on booze and fat. Cigarettes. And it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well done. Yeah, I really struggle to think of food for either of them. Like either any instances of seeing them eat food or cook food. And all you can think of is Aussie in a bat, isn't it? And you're like, don't want that. In your mouth. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's bat stew. Hmm. No. No? So we've got to choose then, I guess. Are, uh, we, going, I'm, are we going with Ozzy? I, I'd say Ozzy only because there's actual proof he's eaten. And cooked. And, and once cooked. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with Lemmy because I'm thinking I make a good soup. It's just basically... <laughs> it's just a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. uh, horrible. With baggins. Yeah, his cigarette croutons <laughs> flowing in. I feel like you should eat that next podcast just to... Prove a point. Yeah, yeah. basically. Well, David Connell asks, this is a multi-part question, guys, so deep breath. Are we ready? Which metal song should have been the theme music for each zone in the Crystal Maze? Aztec, futuristic, medieval, industrial, ocean. Yeah, I I had to Google um, what the actual zones were. For some reason, I thought there were only four, but it turned out, out, yeah, there's five different zones in the Crystal uh, Maze, excluding the final dome zone, the Crystal Maze itself, I guess I know what it's called. 
Um, but I fucking love the crystal maze. Just throw that out there. It's brilliant. It's, Richard Ayoade is amazing. Anything he's in. Is Anything he's in is, is, is incredible. But yeah, so Aztec Zone, guys. What we're saying. Well, you've picked the same as this. I think I've picked the exact same song as you. We've both picked. Have you picked Death of Glory? Yeah, I picked the exact same song. Well, we went for Iron Maiden because the Book of Souls and the whole Aztec thing. And I can't pronounce Mayan. Mayan? You just did. Mayan. Mayan, yeah. Okay. Well, Jonathan told me off earlier. We were talking about it and he said I said it wrong. No, no, I didn't. I said you were were confusing Aztecs with Mayan. Yeah, I I think there is a difference. I think this might be. I remember us doing Incorrect. some research. History will not look kindly upon you. Yeah. I remember doing yeah. some research on this when we did our feature, but that was a long time ago. So I'm just going to go with it. And Death or Glory, because it sounds quite like, you know, pumps you up, doesn't it? See, I went for it because it has the line, climb like a monkey. In it. Oh, yeah. That was the only reason I was like, which songs? All the other ones are sort of <laughs> a bit more. I guess, yeah, also, all the songs, every song on that album is like, yeah, I'm here to pump you up or whatever, except for the last one that just, you know, goes on forever. But all I could think of was like, oh yeah, we'll just do it. Just to climb like a monkey one. Because in Crystal Maze, there might be a challenge about climbing. There might. And then you can have yeah, the climb like a monkey song. Easy. Right then, Jonathan, Synergy. what's your choice? I'd just put Rahamatata on a loop. Okay. Yeah, that's, I quite, think... that's quite good. I mean, yeah. Tribal. Yeah, it's that's very good. tribal. It's very good. Just, um, yeah, what, what else do you need? Yeah, <laughs> what else do you need? All right, and how about futuristic? Um, I would put maybe Aranzi Pazuzu. You the, love them so I do much. so much. And yeah, because you'll never find your way out of that zone, ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is like last week. So last week, Jonathan said he wanted to have his own festival, <coughs> where he'd have a void at the festival. Yeah, yeah. And people would just disappear, and this is like your nightmare they, they, crystal maze. Yeah, yeah they, 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 ascend, they descend to the next level. You've just got a weird passion for locking people in rooms. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and, um, and, and disorientating them. So then, then what, Chewis would be good? Oh, Chewis would be cool. Yeah. Um, well, I picked Carpenter Brute, which is sort of retro feature, I guess, but the song Leather Teeth is good. It's got that sort of, you know, constant kind of beat in the background. Yeah, get, get your adrenaline going. Exactly, yeah. It's like so, as the time runs out and you might get locked in, Yeah, you have to sacrifice a crystal to get out. I watch <laughs> a lot of crystal, mate. Uh, well, yeah, so that's mine, Leather Teeth. Well, I, so I, so I went a slightly different tag. Well, I went, I went Drab Majesty, uh, not necessarily oh, metal, but they're in, yeah. the, in that world. And that's they've interesting. Got, and they've got a whole futuristic vibe going. Like, they look like they're from the future when they play. And I also put my sugar. Uh, my sugar. Oh, um, my gosh. Can yeah. you imagine trying to do the Crystal Maze? Yeah, you've got my sugar. I see his bar bleeds on in the background and you're trying to do this really intricate puzzle. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I mean, there's... Mashuga, a lot of their songs are just sound like you're strapped in one of those gyroscopes. You're just going off in order, going around in order, actually. Exactly, yeah, that's sort of a crystal shape. Yeah. But yeah, I can't can't, whether it was you, Jonathan, that said it, but someone's compared Mashuga to the the sound of the future. I Uh, I don't really like how you're Well, it just just sounds like some alien mothership has beamed down and... um, you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Solve the puzzle in two minutes. That's what yeah. you have to do. You'll decode the strange alien language. <laughs> right, medieval. Now, that was the hardest one. It's I a hard think. one. Because obviously there's no medieval metal bands, you know, that, as in that, that sort of you know, weird subgenres that there might be. But I thought of um, Chorisas and their cover of uh, Rasputin would be a laugh. Yeah, yeah, that's quite good, isn't it? Uh, for the medieval section. Just because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's quite a jovial one. Yeah, medieval doesn't really... S- even though it's probably a really horrible time to live through. It's a horrible time. You sort of, in movies, yeah, you always just sort of go, oh, what a jolly old time I was drinking. No, no, quite a few medieval. I mean, Elevati are pretty medieval. They've got a hurdy-gurdy. Oh, yeah, they've got a hurdy-gurdy. Yeah. Which is is fun to say. Hurdy-gurdy. 
Yeah. I went with Ailstorm just because I was trying to think of someone who was like British and like embodied that whole kind of like grotty, depressing <laughs> medieval thing. Which they don't, they're pirates. But I actually Googled before we came in, I just Googled medieval pirates to see if it was a thing and it is. So, yeah, yeah, I stand corrected. I yeah. thought it was like in like 18th century, 17th century. Oh, right. But I guess pirates existed throughout all ages. We don't ages. usually have time to think about these questions before we came in the room, but because it was a five-parter, I quickly just got onto Google and kind of tried to work out what medieval stuff fit. But I actually went with wenches and mead, which is not depressing and miserable at all. But I just thought it would be quite fun. It's fun, yeah. I'm sure there was um, some fun to be eat out in medieval uh, times amongst the muck and, and the dirt there were, and the disease. There were wenches <laughs> yeah. and there yeah. was mead. So hey, not everyone fine. died in the Black Death, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Industrial. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Come sorry. on. Sorry, I thought you said Well, Vodruna would be the obvious choice. Nice. You know, you just feel like you're entering into something. Yes. Um, or um, Dead Can Dance. You know, almost every movie, they so many movies, they use that song, Host of Seraphim, and it's this kind of Araya. And you'll know it when you hear it, and it's been used in like about 10 different movies. Right. And you just, sometimes you just want to, you know, you're running around, you get a medieval thing, it's probably shit in there. You just, you just want to run, <laughs> just like, just just take a rest, understand the splendour of everything. You haven't got time to rest in the crystal maze, Jonathan. Well, go, go, go. You've got the sons of time running out. Sometimes you need to take a breather and host a seraphim by, um, <laughs> by Dead Can Dance. It's one of those, one of those non-metal bands that every metal band loves. Um, is um would be perfect and it's, it's got this absolute incredible grandeur to it excellent all right industrial eleanor i had survivalism by night nails because <laughs> i just thought if you're going to go with industrialism you want to go Fair. with night nails and if you want to go with a sort of just thought survivalism is kind of a funny idea because <laughs> you want to survive with a crystal maze <laughs> that was basically it so no more thought than that yeah so I, I sort of the first two industrial bands that came to mind, I guess, were Ramstein and Ministry. And I didn't know, I, th- I think I'll pick Zona by, by Ramstein because I love that song. Zona? Yeah. Uh, or maybe Engel, I love that song as well. But Oh, when he gets the fiery angel wings. When he gets the fiery angel wings. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe I'll go with Zona by, by Ramstein. I think it'd be quite, you know, a sort of, that's quite an uplifting sort of, you know, what's the word, emphatic song to sort of maybe spur you on towards glory of getting I have to say if I was in there doing the zone I'd be a lot more inspired by Sonna than I would survivalism because I would feel very excited and uplifted whereas survivalism I'd feel because of the like beat I'd feel a bit like panicked just on edge yeah basically yeah Yeah. so that's a good choice I've got two choices go on Um, uh, from 242 Headhunter Uh, almost in every industrial club every industrial club was always duty bound to play about three times like late 90s it was just the biggest industrial hit in the world it was like I'm looking for this man to send him to other men it just has this kind of clockwork thing to it they just um, totally hold you and the other one would be anything off the first two Young Gods albums because they basically sound like um, uh, tectonic plates just erupting and nice. and yeah try and try and navigate those yeah they kind of blend it they, they kind of Weirdly, like they didn't have any live guitars. This band, they just used to sample metal riffs and mix it in with classical music, and then create something that was just like completely unique. And it was just like this convulsive landscape that was amazing. And yeah, yeah, try jumping over lava fields and shifting to something plates. And I'm not sure I could, Jonathan. Well, that got the amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You won't win. Yeah. Uh, the last zone was what, Ocean 
Yeah, I mean, mine's so predictable. I just picked Devin Townsend because he, because he wrote yeah. the record Ocean Machine, and then I picked Seventh Wave because it's just quite good. It's just it's got that lyric as well. You're never alone, and I thought you know maybe you'd need that in your time of need. You have to get locked in the room, like <laughs> locked in Jonathan's yeah, horrible room. Locked in Jonathan's horrible, with an horrible cow. room. <laughs> Yeah, me, basically. yeah, you're never alone with an anthrax cow. <laughs> You'd have been flung into the room over the barricade. <laughs> yeah. um, I went for uh, well, all I could think of for Ocean was Gajira's Magma, uh, oh, nice. which is wrong element. Which is the wrong element, but it's all about oceanic themes. Um, either Silvera or Stranded, I couldn't pick between the two. They're both amazing, and that whole album's flawless, really. Jonathan, um, I could be really literal and go for the ocean. Nice, what the band? Yes, yeah. you know, you know, all their albums are like they're like details of the um, formation of the Earth, and and they, but they've got like real momentum behind them as well too. Um, and Oceanic by Isis. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. Yeah, you know, sometimes that can be really literal, and um, but it's um, a real kind of turning point album, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful record, and you know, you just want to catch your breath at the end and. Look at what you've done and go. Mm. It could also lull you into a trance-like state. It, it will indeed. <laughs> oh, it, it transcend. I, I, yeah. well, I just thought of something you said uh, brought it to my mind. The song Hadel by Conjurer, which is about the deepest part of the ocean. Nice. Well, I think only like twelve people have ever been. At the Mariana or Trench, like or deeper than that. I, uh, I don't know. It's the deepest part. I know the Mariana Trench is. Pretty deep. Pretty deep, but I don't know, it's the Hadel zone, it's just like... Oh yeah, you could have Ahab, because they're a funeral doom band that actually sound like um, like 20,000 tonnes of pressure from the water above you or actually forcing down on you, and yet strangely beautiful. You have I Am Ahab by Mastodon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of Mastodon you probably have, to be fair. Yeah. Was it also, The Octopus Has No Friends, was that a Mastodon song? Oh, that song? makes me sad. Yeah, I have that um, version, though. They, yeah, they, they had a great white whale on the cover of their album. Yeah. Just yes, there's lots of big riffy music. I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm feeling mildly more stressed after going through those. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say. All I can think of is now. Would you advise to go on it? I, mm, I, I would, but I need a good team around me. Unfortunately, I'm not. There's a lot in there. There's a lot of those challenges that I can't do. Or, but yeah, I'm not a most. I'm not a physical man. Right, so tell us what you think on the Metal Hammer Bees group on Facebook. Do you think Luke should apply to the Crystal Maze? <laughs> and who should he take with him? Yeah. Let's see if we can make it happen. Come on. I just want to see you stranded up a sort of a fake mountain. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I just want to see me stranded. Hello. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I think that's probably all we have time for. Um, go get a current issue with Intemptation. Our bundles are on sale as well. We mentioned at the beginning. 20 quid, you get a poster, you get a signed lyric sheet, you get all the great stuff in the magazine as well. Go check that out online. You guys going to any gigs? Uh, no, I'm going to the screening of the new uh, Agnostic Front documentary uh, this evening, so I can talk about that next week. Uh, so I'm quite looking forward to it. I know they're a sort of important band in terms of like, you know, hardcore, mm. but I don't really know their story, so I'm quite, so I'm quite looking forward to seeing that. But no, in terms of gigs, I got nothing, unfortunately. I've got, I've got a great double header coming up. Sunday is Yob at Scala. Is um, it? I thought that was next week. Uh oh, Luke's got a oh, calendar maybe. clash. Okay. I may be going to a gig this weekend, or you may not be. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. I'm pretty sure it's. Um, I, it could be. Is it? I don't know. This is great content, but I thought it was on the 12th of October, <laughs> which is next Friday. Oh, okay. Well, we can sort this out. Well, in that case, I'm going to see uh, Talker on Monday. With Bolzer, and um, that's going to be an absolute riot. Nice. 
Uh, yeah, he's like, like I said, he's like the black man with Iggy Pop. There's something about bowls that just makes one of something want to burst out your chest, and um, it's going to be incredible. If see Jonathan there, watch him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be going silly. Something I'll be going very silly. Yeah. Right, cheers, guys. Subscribe on iTunes and Acast, and leave us a review, please. I think Merlin's back next week as well, he is, so yeah. we can hear all about his lovely time in was it Canada and New York. Canada and New York. Good for him. Good for him. Bastard. See you next <laughs> week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.